0: and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Brittany Wittes, the founder of Why Not Petites. She wanted to create something that would have people question why the industry includes everyone but Petites. She can look just as tall, but work harder to find those angles that are constantly overlooked. This is meant to also be a group of women who empower empower keep each other motivated, and give each other a platform to have opportunity to be seen. She began modeling when she was 10 years old. She got into the industry by accident, but truly found her passion at a young age. She has the privilege to work for Kohl's, P&G, Walgreens, McDonald's, Home Depot, and many other amazing brands. Over the years, she has only been able to explore lifestyle and fitness modeling. She's excited to break into beauty, editorial, and hopefully runway as well. She's been blessed to have as many amazing and talented models and people who share the same passion for educating others about the missing adversaries of petite models. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this interesting conversation with Brittany Wittes of Why Not Petites. So today we're sitting down with Brittany Wittes of why not, Petits? How are you today? I'm
1: good. How are you? Excited. You know? Yeah.
0: have a great little company here talking about fashion. And it's in my office space in West Loop. Officially at West Lipper now. Okay. I come here like once a month, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what qualifies.
0: <laughs> so anyways, let's get down to it. Talk fashion. What do you do in one to two sentences?
1: Ooh. Okay, so for Why i Not Petite in particular, um, I work with other petite models in the Chicagoland area. We try to spread awareness for the fact that petite models just don't get hired as much or mm-hmm. have as much opportunity as people who are 5'7 or above. Um, and so we host our own photo shoots, and we host model posing classes, and we invite guest petite models to come in as well to our photo shoots, just to give them the opportunity to constantly practice their craft, but also just to be able to build that community of petite models.
0: Cool, and you mentioned additional models, so you're also a model yourself. Yes, yes. So how did you kind of get into modeling, and then we'll kind of get into why you started, why not Petites? Because I'm sure you just didn't roll out of bed one morning, hey, I'm not 5'7", I'm going to start a modeling, you know.
1: Yes, it was definitely enough people <laughs> saying, hey, you're kind of short. Like, I didn't know. I was 5'3". Um, so, yeah, I actually got started when I was 10 years old. Um, my sister and I were sitting on the couch watching TV. And right. one of those commercials came on that was like, hey, do you want to be on a TV show? Like, Hannah Montana, Drake and Josh or yeah. Carly. My sister wanted to call. I could have cared less if I'm honest at the time mm-hmm. and my mom thought it was a scam but she still let us call um she was in advertising and so she actually knew the company oh, wow. and knew that it was legit yeah. so she took us both to an audition and um it was for John Casablanca's which is an acting training studio mm-hmm. here in Chicago and so I started doing some classes with them and then every Saturday they had agents come in that you would audition for and I ended up getting signed with Lily's Talent Agency here in mm-hmm. Chicago and I did not know what I was getting myself into I was just like oh yeah this is fun Yeah. Um, And then I started working for Kohl's immediately. I think it was like two days after I signed with them, I had my first job. And I worked consistently for Kohl's for about four years each, like once a week.
0: That's where I recognize you from. Yes, yes, probably Coles.
1: Yes, I was all over the place. I was in like their stores. There was like a life size poster of me that like I just refused to go into Coles until they took them down. Um, I was in like the magazines every week. Like it was crazy, but it was a great time. Um, I enjoyed missing school a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where I kind of got my start and um, fell in love with an industry that I didn't know that I was gonna love as much as I do.
0: I think a lot of people think modeling is super. Simple and easy. That you just have a look, whatever that is, you know, whatever definition of a look they want to be. You just get called when you know you feel like it. You show up, make some money, take some pictures, go home. Because yeah. everyone's really good at taking photos for Instagram, <laughs> yes. TikTok, etc. What are some kind of like misconceptions that people have when? work in the, the modeling world and like getting started.
1: Yeah I mean honestly I was actually watching Seinfeld earlier and there's that episode where uh, George is a hand model yep. and he just shows up and he like <laughs> takes like two pictures and like you're done. Here's your check. Like that is so not how it works. You're there sometimes for like 8 to 12 hours sometimes especially for hand modeling is the most uncomfortable job you can do your hands are shaking because of what you have to hold like I one time did a serial shoot mm-hmm. and I had to sit in this most uncomfortable position for like 10 minutes at a time my legs fall asleep my arms fall asleep Mm -hmm. and you can't move and so people do not understand how uncomfortable modeling actually can be Mm -hmm. but also everyone thinks you get a check right away you usually have to wait 90 to 120 days to get paid and people do not understand that
0: and you have to like hunt them down
1: Yeah, you have to hunt them down. You have to constantly contact your agencies. And I mean, it's three months that you're not getting a check. So if you're not getting booked constantly, there's Mm -hmm. not a cash flow that's happening. You know, you'll get a check here and then another six months later. But yeah, I did another job. So three more months, I have to wait before I can even contact them technically.
0: And these aren't like big checks either. They're not like life-changing checks. They're not like 10, 20 grand. They're just something... A normal, well, like, smaller fee, yeah. That's the
1: other, like, misconception is there's, you know, a difference between being a union actor or model and mm-hmm. being a non-union. Um, non-union, your checks can range from anything. Like, I've gotten a check for $83.33, mm-hmm. and I've also gotten a check for $9,000. So, it's like, there's a huge range. It just depends on the job that you're doing, you know? So, it's, that's a huge misconception. Everyone thinks you're getting, like, $25,000 mm-hmm. for a check. Like, I'm not doing Maybelline. you know, I'm not (laughs) gigi, So that's one thing. But also if you're a union worker, it's more stable, Mm -hmm. but also it's a smaller amount because it's defined, you know, like you get paid more frequently because it's the residuals, but it could be like a set like $2,000 where you wouldn't get more, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's either or sometimes there's good and bad for both, but yeah, so, uh,
0: to that, that point, so like looking at pros and cons of getting paid, yeah. you're talking about getting signed. How does that affect payment, etc. cetera? Like those kind of things. Like, obviously, there's the obvious, like your agency can help you find work. Everyone kind of makes this assumption that's just kind of what the agency does. But then, what's the trade off of obviously the agency gets a cut? Yeah. How is that? How do you weigh if that's worth it to you or not? as a model
1: I mean it depends on the job again okay. um, so if you're a freelance model obviously mm-hmm. it's Not necessarily easier for you to find jobs, but you can find more I would say of them just because okay. you're doing it on your own and you get all of the money mm-hmm. So it might be for a smaller amount, but you get all of the money So it could be like two hundred fifty dollars, but you get all those two hundred fifty dollars versus right. if it's through your agency It's usually twenty percent commission for the agent But they don't usually book you on such small jobs because it's not worth it for them to also get the commission. Um, But that's for non-union. If it's a union job, it's only 10%. I
0: actually heard a... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard it was a 60% commission.
1: Then they are getting scammed.
0: Not going to say who. Yeah, said you that might want
1: to wanna talk to them. Um, okay. That's definitely incorrect. Uh, industry standards twenty. It also depends where they live. Um, yeah. The U.S. is all twenty percent, but if they work abroad, it definitely ranges. It's was definitely, it's definitely a
0: weird comment that someone made. Like I, we were just talking casually, and they said, along those lines, I'm like, you keep sixty percent of what I would pay you for your model?
1: Yeah, so that's definitely incorrect, but it could yeah. also depend on if it's a new model. Because if it's a new model, then they also have other fees, like their comp cards, headshots. So a oh, lot of okay, times, yeah. agencies will pay that fee up front, mm-hmm. and then you have to reimburse them after that. you do your job. So sometimes that will happen, too. Like, I've had friends were very confused, and they thought they were getting scammed, mm-hmm. and I checked out, you know, their check pay, for them. You know, yeah. And I was like, no, it says, like, your headshots and your comp cards or your resume or your portfolio book. Like, there yeah. are fees that a lot of models aren't aware of because their agency also sometimes doesn't explain it to them because they assume the model just knows um, because there's a difference between a mother agency and a regular like okay. ad, mo- like modeling agency or a talent agency there's differences some agency agencies more of the developments will they explain mm-hmm. everything to you get you test shots digitals um, and help you find bigger agencies to work with versus if you just sign like with a regular modeling a- agency mm-hmm. they just assume you know all of this okay. either because your mother should have told you this or they just assume you're coming from a different agency so they don't take the time to explain things to you or nurture you and then there's talent agencies that just tend to work more with like actors or like commercial work mm-hmm. so they don't explain as much for like fashion and print work
0: interesting so I watch a lot of sports and yeah? so a lot of sports there's people changing teams all the time why or how would someone want to change agencies like Ugh. what would be that motivation yeah like, that's,
1: a, that's a great question so um, there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. that could go into that. It could be the agent that you had left. Okay, and you feel like the new agent just isn't doing you justice or because you don't have a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And you could follow the agent that you had to the next agency that they go to. So you right. could always choose to do that path. It could also be because you feel like you're not getting as much work. Um, that you feel that you should be like you might hear from your other friends who are with other agencies that might have a similar look to you and you hear the auditions you're get, they're getting and mm-hmm. you're not getting the same ones so it could be that you also might not mix with the team as well as you thought you did um, the teams are changing constantly too like right. agents come and leave um, also just management comes and leaves so it could just be the mix of who you're with could also just be you want to try something new Mm -hmm. you know plenty of models do that I've done that where you're just curious about what else is out there because you've only been with one agent Um, but you do have to talk to your agents Mm -hmm. because your terms and your um, your contract might be different so some people have like a one-year contract Mm three-year contract Um, so you just have to talk to your agents and see when that's coming up because also something that most people do not know your contract automatically renews if you don't tell them that you want to terminate
0: I believe that. That's really good news. Uh, good information to know. Yeah. I think I've run into plenty of situations where people like, you can come do XYZ, but you can't be represented by something else. Or I'm right. like, I never think and in, look into it because I don't have an agent. Like I'm just, you know, a freelance, yeah. you know, weirdo. But like, it, like it's, I, I just feel bad. People ask me these questions. I'm like this isn't my realm like yeah. my platform is to help people learn about this i don't right, need to definitely. be the go-to person that's right. how we have you in the show
1: <laughs> yeah exactly i mean like yeah i get constant questions on instagram which is super nice mm-hmm. that i definitely want to help other models because there's too many people out there that are just in this industry for themselves mm-hmm. And this industry is very lonely there's no need for it to feel like that either you know like whether we're competing for the same job or not like If I'm meant to get that job, I'm going to get that job. If you're supposed to get that job, you're going to get that job, whether I do something different or not. And then I would hope that you would support me in the next job if I was one who got it that time. Like, it's meant to be a community, and just the way that this industry is set up, it Mm -hmm. tends to pit us against each other instead of trying to motivate each other.
0: I've been watching a lot of the older reruns of um, Project Runway, Yeah. and that's, like, a lot of the emotion that you feel as, like, a viewer is everyone like wants to cheer for each other yeah, when it's good and then when it's bad they're like get that personality here!" Yeah. like I can't work with them or whatever right. um, and, and in my, I think I get it too like someone my, uh, my boss sent something out last night about like your personality type or whatever it was like four different colors and I responded back with I'm sometimes like super competitive but sometimes I'm like, chill and relax. It depends on the situation. And then my comment was, like, no one likes a cry baby when they lose. Right? Like, I used to be uber competitive. Like, my dad's very good at sports. My brother's very good at sports. Like, we grew up being very competitive. But there's not always time for you to act out about it. Like, if I'm competing for a molly job with three of my friends, I should be happy who won. Definitely. I'm not a whim for saying good job. Like... I'm a good person like it's kind of kind of like broco, like you always have to be competitive or whatnot but it's like someone's gonna get it that means everyone else didn't
1: (laughs) exactly and it's like I think it's the way we were raised too that I was raised the same way where it's like you know if you're not first you're last or you know if you didn't win like it's the end of the world mm-hmm. and realistically it's not because in this industry you hear so many no's and so few yes's and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that it just means you weren't right for that one and I spent so many years especially because I grew up in this industry and I went through puberty in this industry and it is rough <laughs> going through puberty in this industry hearing you're too fat you're too, you know, you're too short you're too this and you truly think like oh my gosh there's something so wrong with me mm-hmm. realistically you just weren't right for that specific job but you might be right for the next one so don't change something because they told you to if you like who you are and you like what you represent Mm -hmm. and you bring to the table then there's nothing wrong with you you know if there's little things that they like suggest like hey like maybe try to be a little more outgoing like Mm -hmm. yeah definitely take that into account because clients love to work with people who have a personality because you're on set all day with this person you want to be able to enjoy your time with them
0: yeah, I kind of compare it to, like, the acting world. So, two comments to that. Will Smith said when he was shooting, um, like, the, the Birds of Prey movie, he never met the real Jared Leto. He only met the character, right? So, like, that's just mind-boggling to me that you never meet, like, someone out of character, right? To that point, too. And then, it's like, if you're going to be working with someone all day, you want to get along with them because why would you want to like ruin that, like your energy like fighting with someone Yeah, disagree with that, like
1: And like that's something I run into a lot with new models as to why they don't understand why an agency hasn't picked them mm-hmm. or as to why they're not getting chosen for jobs and partly it's because what I said that it's just, you know, not your job. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Um, But the other part is because a lot of new models have like that anxious energy and people can feel that or they're just too quiet because they feel like they shouldn't say anything. Like mm-hmm. they want to know your personality. They want to know like I know I always go into a room and I say something dumb. I don't know what it is, but I always say something because I'm just kind of quirky. And so yeah. I want them to see my personality because if we don't mesh, then I don't want to be really on that set. Not in a bad way, but just because I always want to have fun on set. I want to get along with the people that I have to work with. And so I want to represent who I truly am and come out that way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it happens to work out for me because I am that quirky, outgoing person. And so they're like, she's fun. I want to bring her onto to my set versus the other person I might be in the room with auditioning and they just don't see anything because that's not fun. Like, if I'm gonna ask you a question, I want a res- I want an answer. I don't want you to sit there and stare at me with doe eyes.
0: <laughs> and they want this too. You work in an industry that you have repeat clients. So if you get someone that likes you, they'll probably request you again 100%
1: and especially in Chicago the market's so small Mm -hmm. everyone knows everyone that you don't also want to go overboard on the other side of the aspect too like you want to be outgoing but you also don't want to be obnoxious because people don't want to work with that either or to be rude like you have to pick and choose your battles Mm -hmm. there are certain times where things are inappropriate that are happening that you do need to say Mm -hmm. but there's other times where it's like oh maybe you don't like the clothes or whatever like suck it up it's the job that's what you're getting paid to do so pick and choose your battles, but also be true to who you are as a person and make sure that you don't cross any lines.
0: One of my friends, um, Grant, uh, he was telling me that he was at a photo shoot before he kind of retired, that the photographer just like did not understand basic like interactions with models. He would say like, these are some top models too. He would just grab her face like, it's like spin it like it needs to be here I opposed to and my understanding he's like he should just be coaching them hey maybe look up to the left or something like that he would just go up touch their face and like move it he's like i've never seen so many upset models, but they're all very high end like very you know professional not that some aren't but like you know yeah and he was just like dude i don't think anyone's gonna work with that guy ever again it was like unbelievable and that like drives me like off the walls like you are getting some of the best models in town, and you don't know how to act as a photographer, because you're just it's like...
1: So, I will say, I've worked with those photographers too, and it's its hard to work with them, mm-hmm. just because it also takes you out of your own space, because as a model, like you you have your own groove, you have your own way of yeah. like, doing things, and so when someone physically comes up and like moves you into a different space, it's like, okay, this is the space they want me to live in, but also, this not, might not be a space that I'm used to, mm-hmm. so... It's kind of a catch-22 for that one because it's like, they're clearly looking for something specific that you haven't given them yet. Yeah. So it's like, I try to live in that world for a little bit and then I'll go back to my other stuff. So it's like, I give them what they want, but then I can also do what I want to do. <laughs> um, and it's just different types of photographers. Like yeah. older school photographers will come up and touch you. It's the same thing as like and dance. Mm -hmm. Old school dance teachers are going to say something. They're going to come up and they're going to touch you. Versus newer school dance teachers are a little more like, oh, is it okay if I touch you? Mm -hmm. Like, a jazz teacher I had would come up and just, like, smack you down. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, this is incorrect. So it's just different teachings i would say because there's all different types of photographers who will let you do whatever you want there's ones that direct without touching you there's ones that direct with touching you Mm -hmm. there's the ones that have no clue what they want like there's such a variety of photographers just as there's a variety of Mm -hmm. models same exact way where they want to be fully directed they have no clue what they're doing there's models are like do not talk to me you know like it's just finding the right mix of people um And I do believe that the photographers that do touch you, it's not like they're trying to do something in a sense where they're trying to be rude. Right. It's just because that's what they know. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the other thing is like, what the old age versus the new age, like new age is very aware of like being cautious. Like, is it okay if I touch you? Like, yes means yes, not no means no. Mm -hmm. And like old school is still not aware of all those teachings. So it's like kind of hard finding the meat in the middle with all (laughs) of that, yeah.
0: So when you're working with photographers and you get back the photos that you saw, and it's kind of hard without a visual, but like, how do you know what's a good or bad photo? Like being a professional, right? I feel like, I us throw out a random number, 90% of the photos, you'll feel like your pose was what you wanted it to be, if that makes sense, right? Yes. So given that, what kind of allows you to feel good or like not feel good about which photos are actually good or bad? It's like you are very conscious of what you share Socially, or yes. print, or whatever. Like, I saw a bunch of photos from a photo shoot from one of the designers from our show, and I'm like, these are all pretty cool. And then like, some the models were like, "No, I don't like the picture because of this." This is like, I didn't think they looked bad at all. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
1: there's, a, I would say, especially with the new age of social media, that that has definitely changed how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, not including social media ideas. It depends because, so if you're on a shoot for a job, like let's say it was Kohl's, Mm -hmm. you don't get any say in those pictures. You can see them, you're like, okay, that's cute. Well, ultimately you have no decision in that and also technically in this world whether you're a freelance model or a signed model you have no rights to your photos actually unless you sign an agreement Interesting. Um, the photographer always has all the rights to your photos so especially for freelance models make sure that you have that set up mm-hmm. that any photo shoot that you do they sign something that says you have a right to your photos as well just a side note but in those types of jobs you don't ever get your pictures back. Ninety percent of the time, I've not seen my pictures, that is if wild I'm honest, because um, it's a job. They're not your pictures, right? That's, so it
0: ends up it was just like you best thing I thought about before.
1: Yeah. So most of the pictures that I have from jobs I've done have either been from magazines that I'm in, so I have my tear sheet, or it's something I found on social media and I just screenshotted it, mm-hmm. or my friend sent it to me. So a lot of times for jobs you just won't find it, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's just how the world is. Um, but if you're doing a test shoot you should, first off, make sure you have that contract that you have rights to all of the photos as well as the photographer, Mm -hmm. um, and also that they send you all of your photos. Um, So what makes a good photo is there's not like a defined line, I would say, this is where Instagram more comes into play, where mm-hmm. people are a little more nitpicky, where they're like, oh, I don't like this picture because, you know, I look a little fatter in this picture or I don't like the angle of my leg, which is all very good and true, but you realistically shouldn't be the one picking your photos. Um, a, objective eye should be because you're looking at just you, Versus a lot of other people are looking at the picture or what are you missing in your portfolio book? Mm-hmm. You know, so a picture that you might have picked might not be a picture that someone else picked. I was recently in this situation mm-hmm. um, this week. Actually, and I was very, very unhappy with the pictures, but I was unhappy with the pictures because it was a very different look for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just because I felt like it wasn't the best representation of what I can do. Yeah. But also when I looked at my book, I didn't have something that was just more plain Jane that was something that was like hey she can do whatever you need her to do so at the end of the day you probably shouldn't be the one picking your pictures because you're going to be very objective in like the angle of your face because Mm. maybe you have one side that's better than the other in your mind but your agent or you know if you want to ask always ask the photographer their opinion as well because they're the one who shot the picture so they also know what angle actually should have looked best on you or ask your friends or ask a scout or you know ask other people because you're not ever going to be able to fully be objective when you're looking at your own pictures
0: yeah and I kind of compare this again back to acting Think people kind of really relate to this is you don't need Actors don't need to be the best looking, the most fit or whatever to be successful. Look at some of the people who are objectively ugly, nerdy, whatever, in TV shows like Silicon Valley or Game of Thrones. How much money do those people have who are just like, I'm a nerd that types on the computer and tells a joke every five minutes when I'm on screen. Or I don't speak any words, I just carry a kid on a crutch like the whole they just filled their role and did it well. Yeah. They accepted, like, who they are, etc. I think in the world is more accepting now of, like, models that way too, but people are like, this is my look, and it's very extreme out there or whatever. I'm like, I'm just like...
1: It also depends on the type of modeling. Like, editorial loves more out-there looks. Mm-hmm. You know, it always has. It's been very intrigued by, like... Yeah. Um, more awkward looking people just mm-hmm. because of the poses that they bring to the table too, where right. were way more hunched or pretzled or just more interesting versus like either more fashion or lifestyle or print. Mm-hmm. Tends to be more of like those like long, gorgeous, gorillas type people that yeah. are just like giraffes, you know, with the long legs and the beautiful body and the gorgeous face. What my favorite it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it always just depends on the type of modeling too. Um but yeah, I would say like whether you're a model or an actress, it's the same thing that you should always have an objective eye look at your things as well. Yeah,
0: because I think even, I think if you look at yourself, you're sort of comparing your thing, yourself to what you think is perfect opposed yep. to what is actually going to get the job done.
1: A hundred percent, yeah.
0: So we've been talking a lot about what it takes to be a model. Um, when people are looking at contracts, so once they get something, what are some things that they should look at in the contract that's worth noting. Like, I look through contracts once in a while. And I'm like, this is a lot of words. But like, there's definitely things in there you need to know that you're agreeing to or not agreeing to.
1: A hundred percent. So I found out recently that you should have a talent lawyer. Okay, interesting. Um, there aren't actually that many of them. They all know each other. So there really aren't that bad yeah. of talent yeah. uh, lawyers because there are very few of them. So they're very good at what they do. Um, always have one of them look over your contract to make sure there's nothing that was thrown in there mm-hmm. that sounds sketchy um, or something that they think that they can get away with that you would have never normally agree with. Yeah. But always make sure you look over your contracts, obviously, as well, to know what's in there. Um, make sure you look at the terms first. How mm-hmm. many years are you signing? Um, one to three is very normal, mm-hmm. and that is definitely okay. Anything more than that is too much. Interesting. Because five, ten years, that's a, like your whole modeling career, realistically. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to sign all of that away if you end up not liking them. Because you could also... Submit to get terminated you can get denied and then they have your whole life, you know, you can't do anything about that So always make sure you check the terms um, And anything that you're not comfortable with make sure to put that in like I We'll never do nudity. That Mm -hmm. is my thing, I don't ever want to do a job that I feel like my father could not look at or run into somewhere or one of his friends or also like um, my grandparents' church. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of those people and they're older cute little Japanese people. I do not want them running around (laughs) finding something like that. So that's my line. Other people are completely fine with that but they won't Mm -hmm. do lingerie or they won't do like a kissing scene with someone so if you're not comfortable with something, have it in your contract. So if they try to push you to go on an audition, hey, it's in my contract. I don't have to do it.
0: That's super smart. That's really good. Just like even write down on your own what you are, are not comfortable and then bring that up to 100%. the contract. Because you don't, I feel if you don't have it A written down, you just kind of think out loud and then B not your contract, you're going to make... Irrational decisions In the heat of the moment
1: Definitely And also because um, I didn't know What my line was For a while Because I wasn't put In a lot of those Types of situations Or when I was I just said no Right away Because I was too scared To Mm -hmm. try it Um, So I've been pushing My boundaries a little bit Trying to figure it out And I still draw a hard line At no nudity Mm -hmm. But I've learned I'm okay with like implied, you know, Mm because you're not showing anything There's actually no clothes that have been taken off. It's just implied that something had happened So, you know, there's different workarounds that you can figure out on your own either doing a test shoot with a Photographer that you're very comfortable with that's your friends that Mm -hmm. you can kind of test it out Um, Or for actors, you know, try and get on a short film That's like there's no budget and it's just like either at a school or something That's like very comfortable so that you can also figure out where your line is with that too.
0: Cool. So, we have what people are ready for when they want to model, kind of expectations as a modeling, going over contracts. Why would someone want to join? Why not Petite?
1: So, well, obviously, you have to be a Petite model in order yeah. to join. There's only two <laughs> requirements that we have. You have to be under 5'6", mm-hmm. and you also have to be over 18, um, just because we haven't yet fully figured out contracts for people who are under 18, so that might change. But mm-hmm. for now, it's just over 18. Um, honestly, you... We're not an agency just so everyone's aware of that we are all actually signed models mm-hmm. in Chicago just with other agencies and really Line not petite was started as a community we just wanted to be able to bring petite to the foreground mm-hmm. and the idea of it and we kind of just wanted to be what's the right word well our, our tagline is exclusion is so last season and mm-hmm there's so many things that people have finally come out about exclusion. Like we have people who are plus size on the runway, we have people who are transgender on the runway. Like we have so many people on the runway now, people of color, diversity, like it's mm. so great to see. But the question is, why Why still not short people? Like there's still a whole untapped market with that too. Like there's still an LGBTQ plus community that are petites. There's a whole community of people in different colors and different sizes mm-hmm. also in petites. Like you can be a plus size petite model. People don't understand that petite doesn't mean skinny, petite right. means short. Right. So it's just a common misconception. So there's a whole intact market that we're trying to just bring to the foreground and just have people acknowledge like, hey, there are short people that in everyday world, like the average person's 5'4 in America. They're not 5'7", they're not 5'8". <laughs> like, unfortunately, most of us do not fit into the jeans that people are selling. So it's just, we want to spread awareness for the normal person. Mm-hmm. And also because of where we are, we're in 2022. Like, why aren't there petite girls? Why aren't there people that you can point to me? Like, hey, I look like her. And not just in the sense of, she has the same skin tone as me. She's mm-hmm. the same body mass as me. It's also, hey, I'm the same height as her. I could fit in those clothes. Like, it's so nice to know that they actually support that. Um, but also because we really believe in sustainability, too. Mm-hmm. That, you know, realistically, if you think about it, if you hire a petite model, think about how much fabric you're saving. Just yep. saying.
0: <laughs> I think it like, all the time. Like, I was talking to some of my designers. I'm like, or even when people say you have to be between a certain height, like, you don't need to be 5'7 to wear a leather jacket. A hundred percent. Like, these girls that
1: are walking down and, like, for swimsuit week. I'm like, so you're telling me I have to be five seven to wear a swimsuit? Mm. I'm pretty sure the swimsuit's still gonna fit my body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, like, I get to some people say like, oh, it's based on what the sample size is, right. but last I checked, a lot of designers sell clothes. I bet they can just walk over to the rack, get evidently the most sold piece on the rack, and hand it to a model who knows how to walk.
1: <laughs> exactly, or the. Fact <laughs> When you're in production, why would you want to not waste fabric, but if you're designing for someone who's 5'11 versus 5'3, that's hundreds of dollars that you're saving. Why would you rather someone who's 5'11 model your clothes instead of 5'3, especially because they also market to the average consumer. Obviously, runway and couture was meant to not yeah. be to that person, mm-hmm. but that was also the olden days, you know? We're in 2022. Like, the average consumer is the person who actually does make the decisions these days. So, I wouldn't you want to market to
0: that. And that's what's exciting to me about the fashion industry in Chicago. Like, I'm not going to speak down, but there's a lot of room for opportunity. And I feel like I'm doing my best to take advantage of that. There's a lot of people that don't get along, a lot of people that have thoughts of the old ways, call that, and just kind of things that don't make sense if Chicago wants to be what it wants to be, right? So I think you know, us partnering together for the show and all these things is kind of really opening the eyes of people is like, cool, we can be at the forefront. Am I gonna be the best? Am I gonna be the only? No, but it's a chance for us to get everything out there.
1: Yeah, 100% or just the fact that, you know, it's not like petite models are new you know it's not like people haven't forever gone into castings and like you know you're kind of short well sorry my mom didn't throw me on a stretcher like I'm very aware of my height. I love when people say no to me because you're just too short like it doesn't offend me because it's not something that can change I've been asked that so many times like oh how do you deal with being heard like no because you're too short well, unfortunately, it's part of my genetics. I'm Asian. I am short. Um, it's not going to change because of that. You know, if it's something like, hey, your walk kind of sucked. Okay, that's something I can work yes, on. Yes, yes. But I can't work on my height. I'm sorry. I am who I am. If you like me as a model, then figure it out and fit me in it. You know, like, I go to castings ready to hear it now, so I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I hear that, yes, it's just the extra little woohoo. you know, it's just... A lot of times I also get discouraged and I don't want to go, but then I remember, like, yeah, I founded Wine Appetites. Like, I'm going to, not just for me as a model, but to just say, hey, like, there are appetites out here. Don't forget about
0: us. And I, uh, obviously, I work in recruiting during the day. I've told some people to, like, like a really close friend of mine that's looking for a new job after 10 years. And he's just like, oh, like, I'm, like, so nervous in these interviews. i like, good. Just take as many as you can. So the ones that come up that you are excited about... You're more comfortable. You have the practice. You know what to say. So like going to casting like the one that we read together the other day. Don't want to mention it. Was like, it says on the sheet, you need to be 5'7 to try out. I wasn't next to you, so I don't know if this was said to you, but I know it's been said to a lot of other people who weren't 5'7. Did you read this sheet? It says you need to be 5'7. I'm like, that's a great way to start off a relationship with someone who might blow up your
1: brand (laughs) 100% or they blow up and then you hit them up later and they're like no you said no to me like why would I say yes to you now after you just want to hop in my bandwagon like and that's the other thing is I haven't walked that much just because I am short Mm -hmm. but I've worked on my walk a lot and I do feel like I'm faking the confidence as much as possible and so yeah after people see my walk they do tend to say like okay like you're short but you walk very tall so we'll try and figure something out where like I know it's not that hard of a sell to designers because I do feel like actually casting is more of an issue than most designers because casting is more like oh rules 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 versus a designer like it's their clothes they can change it if they want to they can do whatever they want
0: yeah and I I was think about this too I've been like plenty of castings right it's like which model that's trying out, models plural, trying out, are gonna get you the biggest influence? Like, is someone gonna repost? Is someone gonna bring their friends to be there? Are they gonna buy the clothes, tell their friends? Or is this model just like, thanks for me walk, I'll see you later, send me my way, check in the mail.
1: Right, exactly. What did you get from that? You
0: Nothing. You got one cool picture. Yep. And then, like, guys like me are like, oh, sweet, she's hot on Instagram. Like...
1: <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's a totally different person. Like, you can see how passionate someone is. And I know that I'm very passionate about this industry because this is what I know. This is what I want to do. And I don't care who says no to me because eventually someone's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's plenty of models that get discouraged. We all have those days. I obviously get discouraged on certain days, too. But I am that model that's going to say, okay, you said no to me. Are you going to say no to me tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like... I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be persistent because that's the only way to get someone to notice you.
0: And another way that you're getting noticed right now is your podcast that you guys just recently started.
1: Yes we just launched that Um, we only have two episodes Mm -hmm. so we're introducing our core team our petite members Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna start doing episodes with our guest models to start and then we're just gonna branch out from there with the fashion industry and kind of bring people on like designers or photographers or other people in the industry and just hear what they've encountered with petite models or if they knew that petite models didn't have that much of you know an opportunity because a lot of people don't know that because photographers you get to decide if your model is short or tall in your pictures. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of photographers that are like, I don't want to shoot her. She's so short. Get on the ground. Take the picture. There's nothing a
0: picture you shared on Instagram. I, just, I always look at it. Not like weirdly. But like just, <laughs> before we met, I looked at it again. It was like, you just look so tall. It's the moment you're right, bending over the chair. Yeah. Because such is like a standard photo across so many things. It has nothing to do with how tall you are. Uh-huh. Like you look exactly the same as like, so many other people in that very similar pose, you know, promoting what you were promoting, right? Like it's...
1: And part of it's the photographer, but also as a petite model, you really, really have to know your angles. You have Mm -hmm. to know how to pose because there's gonna be certain angles that obviously make you look shorter because you are a shorter person, but also asymmetry is your best friend Mm -hmm. because no one's gonna be able to figure out how tall you are if your limbs are not in the same areas for them to be able to see the line, Mm -hmm. you know? I lost my train of So it's kind of like that picture,
0: like, you saw, like, back in your textbooks, we you were younger than me, but, like, it's a huge, like, gorilla in the background, and then it's chasing a guy down a yes. tunnel. But they're literally, if you put your fingers Maybe next to them, are the exact same, same size, size yep. but just kind of... Yeah. Conceptually, yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: So yeah, you just have to know your angles as a petite model. Um, but also you just have to find a good photographer that mm-hmm. knows their angles too. Because you could do straight on shots and you could still look tall. Or they could go down and you look like an Amazon. You know, like it just depends on your angles and their angles too. And make sure that you just have a good relationship with the photographer. And what, you know what you want. We were at an FGI
0: event yesterday and we just, we were taking some pictures afterwards. And it, it's just me and like a bunch of women and my fr- my guy friend who's like a little shorter too was very short. And so like we just all like this there's like four people like, around on the same size and then like me. And like everyone there is just like this dude, like, can you pick a worse spot to take a picture like on the end? Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm like well pose is alive, it looks so ridiculous. Like Thanks Steven Marcus for having me, I'm a job. You're
1: right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being very tall either, because the fashion industry doesn't like too tall, and they don't like too short.
0: So. Oh, they—they they hate. like so many people like so them I'm too tall. I'm like I don't care. Like I just came here to hang out and have fun, yeah. like fart around, like I don't feel bad about it. And you know, like I mentioned, to you, I'm walking for CFW, and like we're actually rolling my jeans up, and I'm wearing like commando boots, so it makes me look even taller. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I'm then. like, okay, this would be interesting, but like. I can be anywhere from 5'8 to I'm 6'5 and still wear a hoodie. Like, yep. that doesn't change anything. No, no, no. <laughs> like, it's still extra large. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything you'd like to leave our listeners with before we sign off?
1: Um, honestly, just first off, don't get discouraged as a model. It mm-hmm. can be very difficult in this industry, no matter if you're the right height or the wrong height or no matter what it is. Just make sure you stay true to yourself and there are going to be yeses, there's going to be noes, so just have fun with it, and don't forget that this is something you are supposed to enjoy. You know, fashion can be so difficult sometimes, so we sometimes forget the joy in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just make sure to remember to have fun and be a part of the joy, and don't forget to check us out and follow the community. Perfect.
0: Let's wrap with that. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and itunes pod directory or soundcloud that way you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week for reference those are all linked up right in the show notes while you're in there feel free to leave us a review if you do all i can say is two words endless gratitude writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. This episode is sponsored by Bites Asian Kitchen and Tropical Bar. The best of times are always shared at the table. Superb Asian food and tropical cocktails. Paradise also awaits you at Bites. We at Bites believe that food is more than merely a part of survival, it is our passion. It has the power to transcend languages, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, we share our culture with new friends and old. We share a piece of who we are, and by coming together for meals, we try good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, we want to celebrate cultures from around the world. We've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, and more. We're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how we shape our menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that constantly evolves, a new story awaits you at Bites. And probably me. <laughs> Clarification moved away from the Buddha, moved on over to the rose kava. You know, gotta get this body back in tip-top shape to be a male model. Please stop by and join us on bites.